0: want to talk to you for a few moments about bought and paid for. Bought and paid for. Sometimes we forget the price that has been paid for our sins and for our lives and even for our hearts. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, I want to use the amplified version. I believe it really brings to life what we want to talk about tonight. Paul begins to say, Do you not know that your body, this physical body, is the temple? Now, that means the very sanctuary, the very dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. My, my friends, we don't just go to the cross and get saved. We die on that cross to self, and then we deny ourselves and we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus and God gives us, at that same time, not only salvation, but the precious Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because we're going to need it. If we're going to walk the Christian life, God wants us to live a life of victory. Not a life of rules and regulations, but a life of victory and direction and instruction and information to help us grow. Not rules and regulations. But direction and guidance and information That's going to help us grow But do you not know Paul says have you not yet comprehended That this body that was once given over the sin Now belongs to God And that God has turned it into a temple We were once a temple of the enemy Of Satan We used our body for his glory For our own gain But now the Bible says that we've come into Christ and we've been transformed. We've become a new creature. And my friends, we have become the very sanctuary, the very dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God. And notice what it says. You are not your own. I am not my own. If I'm doing my own thing, then I've already missed what God planned for me from the cross on. I've already missed what God wants to do in my life, and so have you, if it's about you. The Bible says we are not our own. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We're the temple, the dwelling place. But then he goes on. Look at what he says in verse 20. You were bought with a price. That means purchased with a preciousness above all that is precious, a high cost, and paid for, and made God's own. We were on the slave market of sin, and God came along and by the blood of Jesus paid the top price for everyone who would accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. It says purchased with a preciousness, which means a preciousness above anything this world has that it would consider precious. There's nothing in this world more precious than the blood of Jesus Christ, the high cost that was paid. And the Bible says, because of this, so then, honor God and glorify Him in your body. You've been bought with a price. I've been bought with a price. Now, I love what another translation says here in verse 20. Look at, very interesting how it stated this. He said, don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for, God owns both the spiritual and the physical. He owns it all. But look at that, what it says. Don't you realize you can't just live any way you want to live? Because when you do, you squander. You take for granted. You waste away the high price, price that God paid for our sin. The apostle Paul refers to the believers as well as himself in a Greek term, doulos, which means a bondservant or a slave. A bondservant and a slave. This is one who is subject to the will and wholly at the disposal of his master. Paul says we no longer belong to ourselves because of what Jesus has done for us we are more than willing to serve Him for a lifetime. Because we can be with Him for eternity. That's what a bondservant does. It's one who cannot pay their debt, so they sell themselves to another, and in the process, what the other owns, they partake of. That is a bondservant. That is a bondslave. And Paul said, we have become the bond servant." We are living for Christ, never being able to pay Him back everything He paid for us. But out of love and admiration, we want to do everything we can to please our Master. Wow. We were slaves to sin and its penalty, but God through Jesus paid for our sins and purchased it with the blood of His only begotten. We now are bond servants by choice. We want to serve him because we realize what he did, the price that he paid, what it cost to get us out of sin, what it costs to give us victory, what it cost for our salvation. Oh, Jesus did it all. Bond servants, gladly serving in appreciation for all that Jesus has done, is doing, and is going to do. My friends, He's not just a master. He is the greatest of all masters. He's not just Lord. He's the greatest of all lords. Why? Because even though He is Lord, He makes it about you. Because He loves you. He's not going to ask you to do anything He wouldn't do. He's not going to ask you to go anywhere He wouldn't go. He's never going to send you where He won't go with you. He's not Lord like this world says someone is Lord who rules over you, telling you what to do, abusing you. He is the ultimate Lord. The one who does everything with you. No one like Jesus, even though we are God's children. Respectfully, we honor and obey Him as Father and Jesus as Lord. Remember again, Savior is one who saves, but Lord is one who reigns and rules. It's not just enough to know Jesus as your Savior. We must acknowledge Him as our Lord. Even more so than our Savior. You know, there was a thief dying on the cross, and unless my memory has failed me, he looked over at Jesus. He did not say, Savior, remember me. He said, Lord, remember me. Well, see, you can be saved, but not allow somebody to rule over you. He went on to the top. He, he, he bypassed it all and went right to the top. Lord, I acknowledge you. I give myself to you. Whatever you want to do, here I am. I ain't much. I'm dying, but I'm still yours if you want me. And Jesus said, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today. Lord, he's got to be Lord. We completely, the Bible says, belong to God and to Jesus. The Scripture again tells us we've been bought and paid for. So then may I ask you, are you honoring God with your life, in your body, through your conduct, through your behavior? Well, how do I do that? My wife, Kim, would ask. All right, Glenn, what's the how-to to to this? Verse 19, look at it, it says again, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So what it says is you've got to follow the Holy Spirit. You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. He is the gift from God. He is the alarm. One just like Christ to help us, to teach us, to comfort us, to guide us, to love us, to correct us. Read the Word. Study the Word. Follow the Spirit. That's how you do it. Daily. Every day. God not only through Christ's blood paid for our sin, but by the giving of His Holy Spirit, we have power to turn away from sin. Remember I've said before that the grace of God is not just the covering and removing of your sin, but the empowerment to turn away from your sin. People say, well, i sin and I just can't help it. Well, then you're not doing what God has asked. You're not doing what God has given, and that is following the Holy Spirit who will help you overcome sin i can tell you one thing that i know without a shadow of a doubt when i was living in sin when i was walking in ways that i know please god i was not leaning on the power of the holy spirit i had not been taught about the fullness of the holy spirit i had not been talking, taught about the empowerment of the holy spirit because had i known the holy spirit it would have broken my sin a lot quicker than it did but the moment I started walking and living and following and listening to the Holy Spirit He helped me to come out of my sin that's the reason I say you cannot live a Christian life through the victory you cannot live to overcoming you cannot be more than a conqueror without the Holy Spirit no matter what when, how, where, or why we face troubles we're going to face trials we're going to face temptations my friends, praise God, we have A gift from God to help us deal with everything we ever face He's called the Holy Spirit. He will help us. He is God's gift. If you want to get down into theological theology with this, He is God in us. He is Christ in us. God is not just on the throne. God is just not at the right hand of the throne called Jesus. God is on the throne of your heart by the Holy Spirit. It is God. That's the mystery of it all. That God can be in heaven and still be in you. It's not God just sending a spirit. It is the spirit of God in you. Helping you. Helping me to overcome sin. Walking in victory. Overturning darkness. It is God in us. By his Holy Spirit. No matter what. I gotta stress that no matter when no matter how no matter where no matter why what we face we've been given a Holy Spirit to help us overcome we study we read we meditate on God's word to build up our faith to build up our wisdom knowledge and understanding and then by yielding to the Spirit who is also our teacher in these things He empowers us to live out the word which is guaranteed victory victory No matter what you face, no matter what you go through, you've got the power of victory within you. You've got the power of resurrection in you. You've got the power of new beginning in you. You've got the power in you by the Holy Spirit. Sadly, some are still living under the influence of the flesh nature, the carnal nature. They're not being controlled by the Spirit If you've got issues in your life, if you've got sin in your life, unless I've read my word wrong, it says yield to the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. People who do this, people who do not yield to the Spirit, people who've just given lip service to Jesus, calling Him Lord but yet not allowing Him to be Lord. Matter of fact, even Jesus said to some people, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And yet you don't do what I've asked you to do. You know, I've had Jesus say that to me. You ever had Jesus say that to you? I go to him, Lord, he'll, he'll say, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa. Why do you call me, Lord? I, didn't I ask you to go do something and you went and did your own thing? None of us are beyond this. If we're not careful, we can miss God doing our own thing. If we call him, Lord, then follow him. I love what Joshua said, if God be God then follow him, but if these other gods be your God, then follow them and see where you end up. And I love what he said, but as for me and my house, as for me and my house, we're going to follow the God of Israel, Jehovah, we're going to follow the God that we know is real. You go ahead and follow Bell if you want to. What is Baal? Any God that's worshipped other than God Jehovah is a Baal. Even yourself, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your job, your anything that you put before God becomes your Baal. God loves us. He gives us the Holy Spirit. People who live in the flesh, who claim to know Christ, they simply make a mockery of the blood of Jesus by continuing to live in sin. My friends, have we really considered, again, the cost that God and Jesus paid to purchase our salvation? Have we really pondered on what it cost? The stripes that He bore that we could be healed. The chains that He was chained in so that we could be delivered. Have we considered the price of our redemption? You know, my daddy, Curtis Mills, taught me many years ago. He said, no matter where life leads you, son... Don't ever forget where you came from. Hear me tonight. Don't ever forget the cross where the blood was shed so that you could be saved. Don't ever forget the stripes that were ripped in your Savior as the blood came flowing down, beat within inches of His eye. Don't ever forget what He did so you could be healed. Don't ever forget the temptations he went through so that you could be delivered. So you would have power over the enemy. Don't ever forget. The day you forget is the day you'll take it for granted. So my friend, who is in control of our life? We've been bought and paid for. We have been bought and paid for. If we can really say tonight that God is the most important thing, then are you giving him your best? Because He deserves our absolute best. God gave us His very best. And I dare to say, He deserves no less in return. No less in return. God deserves the absolute best. I've got a sermon. Y'all better pray for me. I'm working on. It's entitled, Who Do You Think You Are? Who do you think you are Who are we as the created to ever dare question and challenge the creator? Who are we? Who are we to ever question the omnipotent, the all-powerful, the almighty God who knows everything about us, our very breath is in his hand. He loves us more than we can even fathom and we're going to challenge him. We're going, one scripture says in Romans, who will counsel God? But you see again I have to admit I've tried to counsel God. Have you ever tried to counsel God? Telling God how it's supposed to work out? When we prayed, we told him how he was supposed to do it. I've done it. I've done it. Did it work? No, it ain't going to work for you either. But he did what was best because that's just the God that he is. Who do we think we are? Who does the world think they are to mock God? Who do we think we are? Do we, flesh and blood, One car wreck can destroy this body. You know, I was watching a a thing about scuba scuba diving one night, and these guys that would get into these pressurized submarines, and they would have to go down to a certain depth to do certain work that had to be done, and then they'd come back in, and they'd bring that sub back up, and they'd have to uh, decrease the pressure in it. And what they'd do is they'd transfer, they they would hook up to another holding tank, And they would move over from from the sub to the tank. And then it would begin to depressurize. Man, you ought to have seen this. And something malfunctioned while they were transferring over and it broke the seal. And the pressure was so great, they literally exploded. That goes to show you how frail this human body is. And then we're going to challenge God (laughs) I remember years ago hearing John Hagee preach a message about how God must laugh matter of fact the Bible unless I read it wrong says God actually laughs laughs at the intents of men who think they know more than he does
1: I mean it I have to find it for you but I know
0: it's in the Bible God actually laughs when we think we know something he doesn't know And John Hagee said there was a night that Alexander the Great, you see, God said that until tribulation, Babylon would never be rebuilt. Once Babylon the Great fell, that great empire, God said it will never be rebuilt again until the time of tribulation. It's got a lot to do with the end times. But there came a time Alexander the Great, who had conquered the known world, had laid out blueprints. And he was going to rebuild Babylon. Because he knew more than God knew. Maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody forgot to read it to him. Maybe somebody did and he was going to prove God wrong. But he laid out the blueprints. And he was going to sign them off the next day to get it started. And he died that night. One night prior to signing off. You know what? I love what John Hagee, the way he said, he said, you know, God was probably up there in heaven just wringing his hands. uh, Jesus, what are we going to do? Alexander's going to rebuild that city that I said wasn't going to be rebuilt. What what are we going to do, son? Alexander the Great is going to rebuild Babylon. And and I told everybody it wouldn't be done until the end time. Son, what are we going to do? He said, it will not like that at all. He said, let me tell you what God did. God said, and put it out. Well, that was Alexander the Great. Well, in our lifetime, we had another who tried it. His name was Saddam Hussein. He was going to rebuild Babylon. Where is Saddam Hussein at today? Who do we think we are? We've been bought and prayed for and that same God who is all-powerful, is all-loving. And He deserves the best. He deserves the absolute best. He gave His best. He deserves the best. You know, He gave His Son to die for us and in return, all He's asked us to do is live for Him and everything we do for him is going to bless us. You'll never do anything for God that he won't bless you. The Bible says he will not be a debtor to any man. I've never heard of another master like that. He, God said, even though I own you and everything about you, all I want to do is bless you. That's an awesome God. God said, if I ask you to do something, it's going to bless you. If I ask you to give up something, I'm going to give you more in return. If I ask you to love somebody, I'm going to have you loved even the more so. Who could ask for a greater master than the one that we have in Jesus? I don't get it. What does this world have to offer that is greater than serving the Lord? Some Christians are guilty of what I call spiritual breach of contract. You made a deal with God at the cross. That pins the end of the deal. But have we? Wow. Yeah. wow. That contract was signed in blood, my friend. We were on the road to hell without a hump and a prayer. God came along and bid the highest price—the blood of His Son Jesus—and signed it in red. And we agreed at the cross to be his and to serve him and to love him and be obedient to him which is only going to bless you. But how many tonight would be guilty of spiritual breach of contract? We've accepted God's love, His grace, His mercy, His salvation, and His forgiveness but yet we walk in the position of master ourselves and not servant. We're still the master of our destiny. We're still the Lord of our life. We still want what we want to do. We don't take in regard to what He's asked us to do. We don't walk in obedience to His word. That's a breach of contract. Many expect the blessings of the relationship, but will not yield themselves to the Lordship of Christ. Their conduct, their behavior, their conversation is filled with sin and disobedience and rebellion. My friends, the Word of God tells us that God is omnipotent. He is not ignorant to our ways. In Galatians 6, 7, look at what it says. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will He also reap. Woo! Now I remember when I got saved and I was still getting saved every week. Living at the good old Baptist, free old Baptist church. Felt like I needed to get saved every single Sunday. I had not learned yet how to walk and not be under condemnation. I had not learned that I was free in Christ to the fullest. Took time to mature into that. But there was a season that I felt like every time I sinned I was going to bust hell wide open. And I was constantly begging God to forgive me. All I could think about once I read this scripture, and I read my Bible a lot as a teenager, and I, when I saw that, that whatever you sow you're going to reap, the first thing hit my mind is, Lord, i got a lot to pay for. But thank God later in life the Holy Spirit talked to me and said, Do you not realize that works two ways? If you walk in sin, you're going to pay the price of sin. But if you walk in victory, if you walk in Christ, if you walk in the Word, you're going to reap the blessing. He said, sow that which is good and godly, and you're going to reap the good and godly. Boy, that changed everything for me. There's some folks tonight, you know what I'm talking about. You're living in the victory. You're living in the power. You're an example of His healing. You know about His deliverance. You're giving Him glory. You're giving Him praise. Because why You are sowing what you've been reaping. You've been reaping for God and you've been sowing. But if we have not been reaping for God and we've been re- sowing to the flesh, then we're going to reap that also. Notice it says God is not mock malt. malt means this. It means disrespecting. It means dishonoring, denying, ignoring His existence, His presence, and His position. Notice that it says God will not be mocked. He will not be disrespected. He will not be dishonored. He will not be denied. He will not be ignored. His existence, nor his presence, nor his position. But, my friends, if we will respect him, if we will honor him, if we will acknowledge him, he will bless you beyond anything you can ever comprehend. Again, I cannot stress, he'll be a debtor to no one. You will never say you've got one up on God. Woo, Lord, I gave a thousand dollars at the church last week. Well, get yourself ready, cause God will give you a lot more than that back. I served God doing this last week. Guess what? He's going to lengthen your days. You'll never outgive God. You'll never outdo God. That's why it makes Him such an awesome Father. Too many Christians miss the abundant, victorious life in Christ. Listen to this, because they keep one foot in the world. One hand on the steering wheel that belongs to God and both eyes looking in the rearview mirror of their past. Did you get that? We got one foot in the world. We got one hand on the steering wheel trying to tell God where to go and we're still looking in the rearview mirror at the past and wonder why we don't have victory. I could preach on that all night right by itself. All day long. Many cannot comprehend how much we limit God's blessings and favor by our actions. My friends, today, I'm going to start closing this down. Let me share some scriptures with you that I really believe enhance what we're trying to say here. Deuteronomy chapter 11, 26 and 28. Notice what the word of God says. Moses is talking to the people on behalf of God and whatever he wrote for them applies to us. He said, Behold, I set before you this day blessings and a curse. Blessings and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments, the word of God, for your God has commanded you this day. He said, If you will do what God's asked you to do, what God's instructed you to do, he said, I guarantee you, you're going to walk a blessed life. But then he went on the curse if you will not obey the commandments, the word, the statutes, the principles, the standards of your God, but turn aside from the way which I have commanded you this day look, what are you going to turn aside to? To go after other gods, which means self-interest remember anything you put before God becomes your God which you have not even fully known you want to be blessed? He tells you right here how to do it. Follow the word of God. Be obedient to God. Follow the standards of God. Remember now, everything you do is only going to bless you. But he says, but if you turn away. I've known so many Christians over the years who backslide away. We don't hear that term much anymore. Backslide away from God. And then all of a sudden, the life's going to hell in a handbasket. And they don't know what's going wrong. You cut yourself off from God. He didn't do it. You did it. But the good thing is, that beautiful word called repentance says I can turn back to God. You want to stop the curse? Turn back to God. You want to stop sins holding your life? Turn back to God. You want to break the chains of sin? Turn back to God. Repent. It is when we die to self, when we obey and serve God, that we truly live the blessed life. What Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19 and 20, is just as fresh today as when he said it almost five to 6,000 years ago. And this is what I want to close with tonight, today. Listen to what it says. I call heaven and earth to witness this day against you that I have set before you life, which means to obey God, to love God completely, to walk in His ways, to keep His word, His statutes, and His ordinances. And he says, and I have set before you death, which means turning your heart and your mind away from God to serve other gods and self-interest. He said, and the blessings and the curses. Therefore, look at what he says. Therefore, choose life. Moses encouraged the Israelites, choose life. I encourage you today, choose life. Which means obeying God, following Jesus, and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you've been bought with the price. And notice what it says, that you and your descendants may live the good life. He said, I set before you today life and death, blessings and cursings, therefore choose life. That you and your descendants, your family, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren may live the good and abundant life. But then in verse 20, and may love the Lord your God, obey his voice. And cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land, which means his presence, his protection, his provision, his promotion, and his promises. Which the Lord swore to give unto your fathers, unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, I heard a pastor or preacher say the other day, And never thought about it this, why so many times did God mention when talking about the covenant, why did he mention Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Why not just Abraham? Abraham was the father of faith. That should have been enough. But I remember what that man said. He said, what God will do for three generations, he'll do forever. What he'll do for three generations, he'll do forever. There's some of you tonight, you're third generation. Matter of fact, in this, in this house, you're third generation. You still, you're still carrying on the faith. There's some of you tonight, you're second generation. Your mom and daddy got serious about the Lord. And, and then you got serious about the Lord. But there may be somebody listening tonight. Your family's lived like hell all their life. But you got it right with the Lord. You can be the first generation and pass it on. Somebody's got to stop somewhere. It just as well be you. It just as well be me. Anything God will do for three generations, He'll do forever. My friends, tonight, there is a beautiful, blessed life. The Bible tells us we can have life or we can have death, we can be blessed or we can be cursed. Many of you tonight can give testimony after testimony about the blessing of the Lord. I don't ever want you to walk in the cursing of God. And you know, please hear me. I need you to get this. I just feel an urgency to preach this real quick. The, The curse is not what God's going to do to you if you don't obey Him. See, that's what people misinterpret God. Well, if you don't do this, God's going to punish you. No, God's not going to punish you. Sin automatically has a punishment attached to it. Just like there's a 55 mile an hour speed limit out down the road. If you run 60, there's already a penalty a attached to the law. God doesn't have to do anything. If you sinned, there's already a penalty attached to the sin. So, when we talk about the curse of God, the curse that comes. It ain't what God's going to do to you if you don't do what He asks. Here's what makes it a curse. He ain't going to do nothing at all. Imagine your life without God. He ain't going to do nothing at all. He's going to back up And he's going to take his hand. When you decide you don't want him in your business, in your life, running your finances, running your family, running your man, when you make a decision, you don't want God, you've just rejected the blessing and everything that goes with it and a curse will automatically come into that place which means God has backed away from it and says you have at it. Let's see how you handle it. I've been in that place I've been under that kind of curse. That and notice that if God backs away, unless I've read, you are open to the enemy with no restrictions. Satan will beat you to death if we reject God. It's right here in the Word, and you, my friends, God doesn't want that for any of us. That's the reason he says you've been bought with a price. God bought us out of that. God paid for us with the blood of Jesus Christ today. And I want you to know, I want you to walk in blessing. Many of you are walking in the blessing. Praise God for that. You haven't forgotten what he did for you. You haven't forgotten the price that was paid. You haven't forgotten about the blood that was shed. And God's going to bless you. You can start praising God right now, thanking God, walking in your victory. But my friends, tonight, if you have taking things back from God if you have breached the contract then repent tonight just repent right now just say Lord I'm sorry and I'm putting it all back into your hands lead me by the Holy Spirit that you gave me lead me to be all that you destined me to be I want to serve you I want to honor you I want to glorify you not because I'm going to get blessed just because I love you and my friends I promise you're going to get blessed because it says right here You ain't got but two choices, either to be cursed or be blessed. I don't know about you. I want to be blessed. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget us on Tuesday night. And if you ever have a prayer need, please send it to us. God bless you. We love y'all. Keep up the good work.